Hello, and welcome to Northeast Christian Church's online service. We're so excited to have you with us. Make sure to subscribe to NECC on all social media platforms. And to listen to our messages, follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Thank you and enjoy the service. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Listen, the amazing presence of God is in this place this morning. Some of you know me. Some of you were invited. I let you know I was going to be here to come out and speak. To some of you, I'm a son. To some of you, I'm a nephew or a father or a friend. But today, I'm coming on assignment as a servant of the Most High God. And it's a great joy and it's an honor to be in this place today. As Pastor Dylan was saying, I was installing on the carpet, working into the late hours of the night with a trowel in one hand and praying for everybody seated in this place today that when you come walking into this sanctuary, into this altar, that you would know that you are in holy ground, that you're loved and that you're called with a purpose. And during that time and those seasons, as I was praying for myself to believe in God for a wife, I says, you know what, let me stop praying for me. Let me stop praying for Pastor Dylan. <laughs> and we all know that God hears our prayers. Monica, where are you at? All right. Yes. But God is faithful. But I'm here today um, just so grateful for the opportunity. Pastor Paul says, hey, I'm going to be in Israel. Uh, would you come and uh, speak to the people? And I, I waited. I knew that I had this appointment for months, but I prayed and I waited. And I believed God was going to give me, and I asked God, a specific word for this body, for everybody who shows up, something that will be specific for them. And it wasn't until about three days ago that I actually got it. And I'm just so grateful. Um, a lot of things that God's done in my life. Just so grateful. Uh, I got married myself back in September. My lovely wife, Chandra, is right there. Chandra, why don't you stand up? Chandra's also, yes, God's been good. He's faithful. Chandra, my wife, is also a credentialed minister. Uh, she's an evangelist, and we're believing God for amazing, amazing things. She's called to speak to women as well. She's so powerful. So I wanted to introduce everybody to her. What we're doing, yes. What we're doing as we're continuing to grow our ministry and continue to grow the opportunities to reach out to people, we're going to use every influence that's possible to be able to reach as many lives, to give some information, to continue to encourage, revive, and bring hope to a lost and dying generation. So this is where I'm going to ask if you just want to take a second, grab your cell phone, and scan the QR code. It's going to take you to a link tree. We want to just get you some information by having you just follow us on social media. we got a podcast going on called Real Raw Revived. It's growing. It's a landing place to where if you connect with us there, we'll be able to send you more information in the future. Take a few seconds. There's also Instagram handles as well. I mean, not many times you're, you're told to play with your phone in church, I'm sure. So some of you guys can take advantage of that. And, um, yeah, take your time. Do that. Click on everything. Share invite, subscribe, because what God is going to do here today in your life, you're going to be able to take with you wherever you go. You came here today because you came to church because you were expecting something from God. How many people are expecting something from God? How many people are saying, you know what, I might not even really know what to expect, but I'm open. Can I get one of those? I'm open. Can I get, I'm open to possibly seeing what God might want to say. How many people are just saying, I'm over here and I'm desperate for God. I'm hungry for God. I got situations going on that I need help with. Well, today is your day. Just want to say thank you once again to Pastor Dylan, Pastor Paul all of the church staff, all the friends and the family that I got for this amazing, amazing opportunity. Um, I asked my dear brother to stay on the keys this morning. 
He's going to work a little extra overtime tonight, today, this morning. So we're just going to keep, we're going to flow. And amazing, Pastor Dylan, the glory being seen from this, this site right here is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And as we continue to open our hearts to receive what God is going to pour out, if you draw on it, if you pull it down, he's going to do it. So, Father, just thank you, God. So grateful for everything you've done in our lives, Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross, Jesus. Thank you for resurrected. Thank you for calling us unto you. Thank you, Holy Spirit lives inside each and every person here. Thank you for your presence here this morning. Fill every heart. Speak to somebody today. Speak to all of us. Fill us with your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. I, uh, I'm not standing up here qualified to speak because I went to North Point Bible College. If you knew who I was nine years ago, you would say this guy does, shouldn't be around anybody at all. I was an addict in and out of prison, robbing banks, supporting addiction, putting my mother through craziness in life, running. Knew about God when I was a kid, but didn't really give my whole self to him. Didn't really dive in. Said the sinner's prayer. Didn't really surrender until that time. I was finally down and out, facing 10 years to support my lifestyle of addiction. And I was in that prison cell, and I finally got to that place where I was hungry for God, and I said, I need you. And when I said, I need you, he said, I'm right here, and I got you. And he poured out, and he rescued me, and he brought me up out of that horrible pit, put my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. So we can just say that all glory and all honor belongs to God. He's got to be real if he can save somebody like me. You know, sometimes things in life don't start off how we would want them to. You know, perhaps you had a dream to birth a new business. You know, maybe it seemed to get off to a rocky start. Perhaps that can also be related to a new marriage or even a new job or a new school. You thought it was going to be easy and then some quite, you know, challenging and unfortunate circumstance, it wasn't what you thought it would be. Some of us can definitely relate this maybe even to starting off our walk with following Jesus. We thought, wow, I just got saved. I got the tickles and the goosebumps. And then, this is amazing, and then life happens, wham. And you're wondering, man, what's going on? This isn't how I thought it was going to be. You know, my mom's here today. Can we honor my mother? My mom was a, she was an amazing, she's an amazing servant of God. She's a steward. She was a member here for quite some time. A lot of you known her, know her. Uh, I was born, I was born, the stories, the, the legend says, I was born breached to my mother. And those of you who know, well, all you women who know, being born breached is a more difficult of a childbirth process than a normal birth. I was born folded with my butt coming out first. What do you call that? I don't know. Jacob was called heel grabber because he was grabbed somebody's heel. I was born, so I was, I was coming in the world backwards, right off the rip, causing struggles and troubles for my mother. But thankfully... Even though how it started off, maybe, with a challenging scenario of a childbirth and a son going the wrong way, because of her prayers, because of her faithfulness, it's a testimony to all of you praying and believing that God can turn it around. And he will turn around your circumstance, and he'll turn around your situation if you just continue to trust him. Jacob was called heel grabber. I, I guess if there was a song, it'd be I, I started with my bottom. Now I'm here. I don't know. Some something along, something along those lines. 
But what happens in, when life deals us a hand and it starts off well or a little backward and we find ourselves in that place where there seems like there's no hope? In a desert place, we seem like we're stuck. Perhaps we feel plateaued and there's, there's nowhere else to grow. It's like we're at this just standing place. Uh, I'm in a desert and there's nothing left to possibly do. There's nothing. I don't see no hope out of this circumstance. I don't even know how I got here. What do you do when everything comes crashing down on you? What do you do when you find yourself running from God? From the enemy? This is where we find King David as he's off to the desert again. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 13, a messenger soon arrived in Jerusalem to tell David, all Israel has joined Absalom in a conspiracy against you. This morning, we're going to look at the life of King David, and we can see through some of his struggles in his life, okay, from when he was in the wilderness as a young man and running from King Saul, that his son or his son Absalom or whatever enemy was touting him, David, even though in those difficult circumstances, always knew he could go to God. Let me give you a little bit of a backdrop where we find ourselves in 2 Samuel chapter 15. Now, this is the challenge that I have because you guys get fed the Word of God well. You have Pastor Paul Conway, Pastor Dylan O'Shell, and the rest of the leadership. They know the Word. They administer it correctly. So it's great, and it's a great opportunity to come alongside them to, to, to teach you and feed you the Word. But I want to also see... A, a, amazing move of God in your hearts this morning. So the backdrop behind the story is, uh, you know, in the life of King David, we know that he has become the second king of Israel at this time. He's ruling and he's reigning. So we're in 2 Samuel 15, but back in chapter 12, he just gets rebuked by Nathan. I want to bring you up to speed with where David finds himself at this specific moment. Chapter 12, he's rebuked by Nathan the prophet for his affair with Bathsheba, and he kills her husband to hide it. A few years later, you, you think that the Bible's all good until you really realize that God uses some of the most messed up people to fulfill his will and his call. Some of you are new here, you never even knew that. God will use the weak things of the world to confound that which is mighty. You think you can't be used by God? You just made yourself a candidate to be used by God. A few years later in chapter 13, David's son Absalom. Okay, so David had many wives. And one of his son was Absalom. Absalom had a beautiful sister named Tamar. And Amnon was their half-brother born to another one of David's wives, was obsessed with his stepsister. He lusted after her, and then he ultimately raped her. Then he despised her and kicked her out shamefully. Horrible situation. And two years after that, this is in chapter 13, Absalom plots his revenge against his brother for raping his sister, and he kills him. Kills Amnon. Whacked. Then he flees to his grandfather's in exile for three years. Chapter 14, a couple of years after that, David is longing to see his son Absalom. He sends for him through a conversation, and Absalom is brought back to Jerusalem to restore with his dad. Now, Absalom is praised as being one of the most handsomest guys in all of Israel. Pride is what he was holding. Still bitterness and resentment when he took into his own hands the handling of punishing his brother Amnon. So now he's back in Israel, he's back in Jerusalem, and he's not seeing the king, and he gets frustrated. He's like, why am I even here? What is my call? What is my purpose? And he starts to take matter in his own hands. He demands a meeting with the king. David kisses him, they get restored, and then basically just sends him on his way. He says, you're back, but 
like you're over there living in the city. But see, Absalom wasn't okay with that. He wasn't okay with just, this is it. This is what life had come for for me. So here we are in chapter 15, where Absalom, the Bible says, he buys a chariot. And he hires 50 bodyguards. He gets up early in the morning and he positions himself to intercept people as they're coming in to the city gate to bring their case before the king for judgment. And then uh, 2 Samuel 15, verses 3 through 6. The Bible says, then Absalom would say, when people would come to the gate to go to the king, he'd cut them off and he would say, you really got a strong case here. It's too bad the king doesn't want to ha doesn't have anyone to hear it. I just wish I were the judge. Then everyone could bring their case to me for judgment, and I, Absalom, would give them justice. When people tried to bow before him, Absalom wouldn't let them. Instead, you know, he's really working this political thing good. He says, you know, he took them by the hand and he kisses them, and Absalom did this with everyone who came to the king for judgment. And by doing so, he stole the hearts of all the people of Israel. The Bible goes on to say that Absalom did this for four years. Stirring. Plotting against his father. Plotting against the king. And he doesn't even know about it. Sometimes we find ourselves in places in life where we're just being plotted against. The enemy wants to plot against our relationships and our families. He wants to plot against our finances and our hopes and our dreams. The enemy's plotting against our mind with lies upon lies upon lies. So then he asks David, he asks his father, he asks the king, he says, I got to go to Hebron. Hebron, and I want to fulfill a vow unto God, but it, that was actually a lie. And David said, okay, go. Verses 10 and 11. The Bible says, but while he was there, Absalom, he, Absalom, sent secret messages to all the tribes of Israel to stir up a rebellion against the king. As soon as you hear the ram's horn, as messages says, you are to say, Absalom has been crowned king in Hebron. And he took 200 men from Jerusalem with him as guests. But they knew nothing of his intentions. This was a well, intricately thought out coup. A plan to overthrow the king authority. King David at this point, he's about in his 60s, scholars say, when his son Absalom wants to take his throne Maybe at 62. David, he probably feels like, you know, he's too old to be fighting again with this young buck. My son Absalom, strong, head and shoulders above the rest, the most handsome in all of Israel. He's got all this power behind him now, all of this influence, all of these people. So now he's out. There goes the king again. He's out on the run. He doesn't know where to go. He's out in the desert being hunted down like an animal, trying to be annihilated by his only beloved, by his son, running and running. He's just trying to stay alive, David is at this point in his life, just trying to stay alive. David, king of Israel, anointed as a boy to be king by the prophet Samuel. He's the, the, the Goliath, the giant slayer when he was a young lad running from Saul, fighting victories in and out of his life and his journey, became king, and now he's out on the run for his life. He's called by God, but he's running, scared. A lot of us sometimes we know that we're called by God, but sometimes we allow those fears and those lies that the enemy wants to speak, keep us from walking in our purpose, from being a shining light to somebody. And sometimes we don't totally know how to get that victory, perhaps. 
we stay in that place maybe where I don't know what to do. I'm just going to stay in this desert. This is where I am. You know, if you're here in this room today, if you're here in this room, whether you were invited, whether you drove past by, whether you knew you were looking for a church, if you can hear my voice, you are called by God. You are called by God. So David's running. He's running for his life. I remember finding myself running from God through chasing my addiction, chasing my lifestyle. I was running from God through chasing those crazy relationships that weren't going anywhere. I was running from God by doing things that I knew I shouldn't have been doing, but I was just doing it because that's what I was used to. Sometimes running from God can be a, a, a situation that you're in and you see no hope of possibly getting out. Psalms chapter 42. It's believed that David penned this. I'll go with the commentary that said it's linked to his running from Absalom. It says, as the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night while people say to me all day long, where is your God? David was running. But he cried out to God and he made this metaphor. He made this understanding because he knew being a crafted huntsman that he was, he could understand why a deer pants for the watered brook. Did you know that when a dog pants, it goes, <laughs> because it's, it's, it's thirsty. It's, it's dry. It needs some water. It, maybe it might be happy. When a deer finds itself in a place of panting, it's because deers have water reserves inside them, and they can go long distances without hydration. But when a deer finds itself at a place where it's panting, and it needs to drink again, it's because it's being chased by a vicious predator that's trying to kill him. And David understood this. David knew this. And he says to God, as the deer pants for streams of water, my soul, God, pants for you. The writer of the psalm is lamenting his departure you know, he's, he, David, he's like, I, I'm, I'm out of the sanctuary of God. I want to be back in your presence. I want to be renewed with you. Why would a deer pant for the water? A deer will seek water after being chased by hunted predators in the heat of the day. And that watering hole becomes a place where many different types of animals seeking the same relief in the cooling water. The deer will pant or cry for the water knowing that its survival depends on it. Unlike a deer being pursued by an enemy who must then hunt for water, David knew exactly where to go to replenish his exhausted spirit. And he got into that place of praise and worship, and he went to the living water. A lot of us today don't even really know how thirsty we are for God. But I think that when you look in your life and you see where you are, and then you come into an atmosphere like this, you know that there's, there's just got to be more. And my heart's desire, my prayer is that today God would just continue to stir in you the desire. Open up the wells of your heart where he can continue to pour into you more of that living water.
You see, David wasn't being poetic when he wrote, as the deer pants for water. He was an experienced hunter. He was an outdoorsman. He was being very, very real in his cry to the Lord, as the deer pants for water. Meant that he was becoming exhausted, worn out, depleted from being pursued by the enemy, and he had reached the point inside of himself that he wanted to lay down and just give up and die. There's no hope. Has anybody ever felt that way? Perhaps you're feeling that way over a specific circumstance in your life even right now. But the teaching point through this message is that we sometimes need to be reminded that we can always go to God for that refreshing, living water that would save us from our enemies, that would satisfy our dryness and our parchness, and that would revive us into the call and the plan that God has for our life. You know, perhaps you're being chased today by fear, Worry, anxiety, disease, sickness, uh, a traumatic experience. You're running laps in your mind worrying if your marriage is going to succeed or maybe even fail. If your earthly finances are going to sustain you, you're, you're, just, you're being chased by these scenarios. Perhaps your addiction is chasing you down. Crippling thoughts and even taunts by the enemy in your mind, causing your overthinking that is leading to relational issues. But you want to be free. You want to be free, but you're running on fumes and you're running from the enemy of your life. There is hope today. His name is Jesus Christ. He loves you. He died on the cross to save you. When he poured out his blood and he shed it on the cross and he died and was buried and resurrected from the grave, he gives us eternal life and he leaves with us the Holy Spirit to live inside of us, to refresh our parched lands, to refuel us, to refocus us, to revive us, to give us the, the strength in the life, in the power to live the life we are called to live. Any one of those things fall under the, the same category that comes strictly from the enemy. A any, any of those things that I had just listed is strictly from the enemy. It's disease, anxiety, worry. God had never meant for us to go through these things, but sometimes, sometimes we do. You know, when I look at the story of Absalom and I think about where he plays a part in this case, chasing David, his father, out into the wilderness, Absalom in this case is almost the type and shadow of maybe Satan. You see, because of his pride and rebellion and bitterness because he wasn't God, Satan, Lucifer himself, tried to overthrow heaven and was cast out. And he's been causing destruction on this earth, roaming around, seeking whom he may devour, the Bible says. Same method as Absalom. He's got pride. He's got bitterness and resentment. He's chasing out God's people, chasing out his father. But that same chasing can come in different forms in each and every one of our lives. Sometimes even the people of God can find themselves in a desert and you're wondering what's going on. What's the lesson, God? Well, I'm going to get to a point. We're going to get to that place where we're going to see God move in this room today where there will be a refreshing touch and a refreshing wind in your life and in your heart so you can receive everything you need from God. Sometimes even the people of God are saying, what's the lesson? Why did this happen? So many questions to ask God, but no answer in sight, no answer to your current spiritually starved situation. We're going to take some time 
to pray for people. And um, as the worship team comes back up, David realized, looking back maybe, maybe he needed to reconcile with his son. Trying to think about maybe ways to avoid the desert. Maybe you're being chased by an Absalom. Or maybe today you're, you see a little Absalom in you. Giving people a hard time. You still got some bitterness maybe, some rage, some anger, some pride. But I'm here today to declare and decree that there is a fountain that will never runs dry, who will always pour out his strength, his healing and his love. And that fountain pours out divine wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and guidance, and is still pouring out today. And his name is Jesus. No matter what you're running through, running from today, no matter what you're battling today, Jesus is always the answer. But even God's chosen people, we find ourselves in desert places. And if you're hungry today and you want a fresh touch from God today, let today be the day. We believe in good theology. We also believe in demonstration and receiving a touch and the power of God in our lives. It's tough for you to perhaps be in an atmosphere like this and not make Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. Perhaps some of the things I says line up exactly with some of the things that you're going through. And you're thinking, if Jesus can quench my thirst, I feel the Holy Spirit, what you're feeling in the tugging of your heart and, and how God is speaking to you through that, you know, the way he's communicating with you right now is through the, the Holy Spirit. And he just wants you to receive him, to be his child so he can continue to guide you along the path for your life. I'm going to ask everybody if you would just stand with me. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 11, it says, I will show you where to go, and I will give you a full life in the emptiest of places. Firm muscles, strong bones, you will be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. Jesus himself said that he is the water that will never run dry and will quench any thirst every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life, if you know that there's just an element about you that isn't technically in right alignment with God, if you've never felt his love, if you've never felt his refreshing touch, if you've never said yes to Jesus, Friend, you're, you're in the proverbial wilderness and you don't even know it. But he wants to touch you today. He wants to save you. He wants to make your name written, known in heaven, written in the Lamb's book of life so that one day you will go to heaven when you die. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord, the Savior of your life, and you want to today, just slip up a quick hand. You say, you say, Brother Enzo, I, I see myself in that place. I see myself in that place where I need Jesus. I see that hand. Keep, keep him up. I see that hand. You just, just, it's okay. We're all friends. We're all family here. Listen, we all did it. We all gave our hearts to Jesus at one time. Somebody waited for me, so I'm going to wait a few more minutes. Just slip it up. Just want to pray for you. If you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life, I see that hand. I'm just going to ask you. 
Now that you did that, be a little bit bold. What we're going to do is I'm going to have some prayer for people, and we're going to pray up here. And I'm going to have three types of prayers up at this altar, and we're going to really uh, see the Lord move in, the, in this, these next few minutes. But I'm, there's a prayer for people that just gave your heart to Jesus. And then, then if, you want, if you guys want to come up, if you just gave your heart to Jesus, come on up. This is going to be good. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you, sir. Come on up. Yeah. Come on up for you. We want to be able to get you some information. We want to pray for you. Yes, sir. Come on up. This is a good thing. This is a place you want to be. Come on. They're coming. They're coming. Just line up. Yeah. Just stay right there. Stay right there. Stay right there. Just come up. Just line up. Come on. We're going to pray for you. There's nothing greater than people saying yes to Jesus. There's nothing greater than saying there's a way out of the wilderness. And there is through the love of God because he loves you so, so much. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask my wife. Uh, she's going to come and be ready to receive some people. Uh, to pray, and uh, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Dylan, if you made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, today marks the first day out of the wilderness apart from God, because we're all born apart from God. We're all born out of the wilderness. So now you were able to begin this time with Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. But now I'm going to ask another uh, group of people Say, I just need a fresh touch. I'm thirsty for God. I want him to fill me with his presence, to baptize me with his love and his fire. I want him to quench every thirst in my heart. If that's you and you want a touch from God, I just want to come pray with you. I'm just going to come pray with you right now. John chapter 4, 14, it says, Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Your life struggles, the battle that you fought were not in vain. Those desert seasons of running and hiding, battling with and or living in sin is what actually qualifies us to be used by God. When we first come through Jesus, what God has brought you through, for you, he will take you to do for others. Jesus came and he lived among us a sinless life, but he died a sinner's death and he paid for our sins with his own blood so that we could be made right with God. And in so doing, he has made accessible the fountain that never runs dry. The gift of the Holy Spirit is promised to those who believe who are willing to receive. Thank you, Lord. Those of you who came up front and you wanted to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Now, it's not my prayer that saves you. What's your name? Sharice. It's not my prayer that saves you. I'm just going to lead you maybe in how you can receive Christ. Maybe we can all pray along with them. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Come into my heart. Forgive me my sins. Save me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We believe if you prayed that prayer, you're a child of God. And he's got a plan for you, but stay there. We're just going to continue to pray in Jesus' name. If you made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, stay right there. If you made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life and you're new to this church, I'm now slipping into the role of evangelist, okay? So now that you've been one to Christ and you're here, let this be your, your home church. Let this be a place now where you can be planted and you can grow and you can learn about the Word of God and you can be surrounded by a family of people that'll help you in your journey through desert seasons as we go home. 
I'm going to read a couple more scriptures and then I'm going to open the floor up. We're just going to pray. The worship team is going to continue to worship. And then when I'm done, you guys can throw that last QR code up on the screen. But the Bible says in Isaiah 44:3, it says, For I will pour water on a thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit upon your offspring and my blessings on your descendants. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. So there's power. And when they had prayed, Acts 4.31, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Northeast Christian Church, your best days are still ahead of you. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and never beneath. As you continue to walk humbly with your God, opening your doors to all walks of life and all people, God wants to continue to pour out his spirit inside you so you will be a brighter, shining light everywhere you go. We're going to pray for the Holy Spirit, the baptism to come into people. If you need a healing touch in your body, come down and pray. My wife is right here. She'll pray for that specifically. If anybody else wants just a fresh touch and you want to receive prayer, come up. Let's take advantage of these moments. Take advantage of these times. There's no rush. If you came thirsty for God, if you came thirsty for the well, just come and get filled.
Yes. I'm here with I'm here with Pam. She's kind of shy. This is Pam's first time here today. <laughs> Pam gave her heart her gave her heart to Jesus. She got she got saved. And I I asked Pam, I says, you know, what brought you here? She says, I got invited. I says, have you ever been to church? And what did you say? All the time. She's been to church all the time. But then what did you say? I felt it today. She says she felt God today for the first time. Listen, listen to me, Northeast Christian Church. Your work's not done yet. There's a lot of people that need to be invited to church. There's a lot of people like Pam that have been going to church for a long time, but never felt God. God is in this place. This is a place where you can grow and be in the right place to thrive in your walk with God. And guess what, Pam? You're going to invite somebody to church too. And Pam's going to just slowly be an evangelist, amen? That's it. So listen, we want to welcome her, Northeast Christian Church, and all of these people as they continue in their journey. This is our sister. She's new to faith, and we just want to say welcome home. You are a child of the living God, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. touching each and every heart here today. I pray that they would carry that joy and strength with them. I pray that they would carry that newness of life, that spirit, that resurrected life with them. 
And God, I pray that you would multiply what we've had here today, 30, 60, and 100 fold, that we would see the fruit of your spirit and the power of your spirit on display in our lives. I pray that you would continue to lead us, whether through dry and weary lands or in abundance. I pray that they would know that they have found the secret whether to rejoice in plenty or lack and that it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. God, I pray for your people, that you would bless them, keep them, make your face shine upon them, that you would lift your countenance to them, be gracious to them, and give them peace. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. The altars are open. You can continue to worship. Otherwise, you're free to go. Thank you again for being with us today. To listen to our messages, follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And go to ne-cc.org for all news, events, and updates. Thank you and God bless.